to Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. And that's all it's going to be today, folks. You've got uh, just us two, as you suggested, every five episodes. It's just us. You should know the drill by now. Welcome to the show. And uh, we got a lot of fun topics to cover, Mr. Edge. Yes, we do. And might I start with this one? How about the kickoff cyber show? Oh, yeah. For the, for the fall Walton webcasting shows. Uh, very, very good livestock being exhibited on that. So yeah, uh, just goes to show those that were in question of how far these cyber shows we're going to go. Uh, we are in October of 2020 and exhibiting animals over the interwebs. Very, very much to the credit of Walton Webcasting for coming up with that program. That's true. Yeah, they kind of, they were, I've said it a couple times, they're kind of the glue this year of the, uh, the show world when we couldn't do much. They kept us together being able to show in our backyard, and it still happened. And although we got shows all over the country, I think that's going to be a tool that we'll have for quite a while. You know, if you happen to be located in the states of uh, Iowa, um, South Dakota, parts of Illinois, uh, you would be showing hogs in the snow this week with yeah, those, how those about conditions that? that Wowza. Keep that stuff over there for just a little longer. Past episode guest uh, shared on Facebook. I thought it was pretty hilarious. Brent Titus said, uh, whoever had uh, Blizzard before Halloween on their bingo card for 2020, you win. <laughs> That's pretty creative. Yeah. Uh, something else is pretty creative is uh, the way that Show Cattle Connection has marketed their platform so uniquely and so Next level. I think that's yep. where our cattlemen need to go to sell their livestock and buy their livestock. Uh, Amber Crombie Cattle, Cattle Company has their sale today. Not, uh, not to be confused with Amber Crombie and Fitch. Yes, exactly. Ratliffs have their uh, sale this weekend. Um, mm -hmm. And then the lines have theirs beginning next week. So I could go on and on. There's a lot of high-profile names on this list here. Um, so if you're not on that list, you need to be. ShowCattleConnection.com is where you find it. And uh, if you have any questions, just call the office there at the Wint Group, and they will connect you to the right people if they don't even know the answer, which I'm sure they will. So Show Cattle Connection is a great sponsor of the show here at Stock Talk Podcast. Yeah, I did see pictures of the line set on Facebook just because uh -huh. I'm of those guys. Whoa. Yep, I did Whoa, too. Way good. Shout out to uh, Bobby Scholl. I think he's uh, been working out there part-time. Maybe... Oh, yeah. uh, being the blowman or whatever they call him. <laughs> so uh, nice. I, I know at least he's worked there in the past. I don't know if he's there or not yeah. now, but anyways. Wow. Um, this is, this is going to be a, a really fun episode folks. We are, we are, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but we are 10 episodes away from triple digits. Isn't that wild? I mean, Trev, we've been at this thing for practically two years ago. Two years ago, roughly today, is when I got the phone call. How about that? You know, I was uh, I was I loading. Believe it was October tenth. Yeah, it was because I was loading our new hats onto our store. Hint, mm -hmm. hint, from Fierce Threads, and I looked on the uh, updated list. Like the last time I uploaded photos for our new merch. Oh, yeah. It was October 17th of last year. There you go. How about that? Almost exactly a year later. Here we are. Two With years. March. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Well, speaking of hats off, I guess uh, we might as well just jump right into that. Fierce Threads. Uh, I'm not sure if you follow them on social media, but if you aren't, you should. Because not only can they put your brand on some next level materials. Just like you see on stocktalk-podcast.com where you can find our merch, they're putting us on a whole new level. So Fierce Threads is a way to do that. And, of course, the brand-new livestock apparel line, the Big Paul Lifestyle Company, 
is incredible. They've got everything you need there in every species now uh, with some really, really unique stuff there. So our uh, our hats go off to Fierce Threads every week because that's the sponsor. Four hats off. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to lead this one off, Mr. Edge. You do it. Because, as some may know, it's wedding week for me. I'm going to be a married man this weekend. Therefore, my hat goes off to my beautiful fiance and wife-to-be, Miss Emily Hintzroth, Kirkpatrick, pretty soon. She supported me through all this craziness. My crazy ideas continue. Doesn't stop at a podcast. Well, she's always supportive. And she be she's honest. She'll shoot them down if they're not right. So my hat goes off to Emily and her fierce attitude. Speaking of fierce. Oh, nice. Uh, but seriously, I can't wait to marry that girl. And it's finally here after many, many months. So there we go. Here we go. Here we go. This week, Trevor, my hat goes off to the boys. Oh, yeah. And and the girls. You know what I'm talking about. You've got that group of friends, livestock-minded people that you have in a circle that you can communicate with daily, regularly, get good feedback, joke around with, and they are in your corner no matter what. Oh, yeah. And they will also be the person to also, to take a little shot at you saying, hey, what are you doing this for? Uh-huh. So they're reliable. They're great people. So this week, my hat goes off to the boys and the girls, specifically this week, to the boys being a part of the Kirkpatrick wedding this weekend. I'm so pumped and looking forward to that festivity. Oh, my gosh. Me too. And also, like, that, the boys is like, they're all friends. You know, sometimes you ha- you're you part of a, a wedding group, and you'll have that one or two or three people that never met each other, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's no big deal. But we are all really good friends. Like, mm-hmm. it's pretty badass, I must say. Very neat. Oh, man. I can't very, wait. very neat. Yeah. Hats off, man. Hats uh, off. And a hats off. Uh the you said it before but those the new hats are officially up on the website to yes. shop and they're pretty cool yep i like them and we've got the old school ones now with the big diamond in the front but i'm a fan of the uh the black on black the gray on gray yeah white slick. hat yeah the white hat with the blue diamond got yep. the trucker hat in there i mean got something for everybody folks got some shirts on new shirts i mean check it out go to our shop all right, another segment. We're rolling right through these, so we can we, uh, well, we can yeah. we can get it. And then I'm I'm just saying, Formula of Champions has been the sponsor for Breedem Ship Show them here for for a little bit. So, with that being said, they're sweeping the Midwest with some of their products that are highly fortified, that have unique ingredients, and they're consistent with their high standards. To learn more on how to flip the switch and bring your program to the next level. Go to formulaofchampions.com, Formula of Champions, division of Kallenbach Feed. So, this was your great idea, Corey. What do you got for me this week? Well, just so you know, Landon, on Facebook, you are part of the drawing that will happen after this week's Breedem Shipham show. So, uh, we started this, I don't think it was exactly 10 episodes, I think we've got 8 names in the hat, Mm -hmm. and... The way that you can get your your name in the hat for episode 100 for a stock talk hat is to send us in a breed and ship and show them. And if we use them, we'll put your name in in, in the hat to choose. You know, I'm going to up the ante here. Uh oh. Because it's episode 100, I don't know what we have for inventory, but I think we should just do a complete prize pack. We can do that. For the lucky winner yep. hat and a shirt. A short sleeve and a long sleeve shirt. Let's just really let's Fire get these things in here. All right, for, we, for we can people. do that as long as we don't sell out. Which limited limited quality quantity? I mean, and and limited quality. I mean, yeah. So just high quality stuff, really high, high quality stuff. Low quantities. Low quantities. All right. So landing on Facebook, you're in the drawing, which we'll do right after this. So you got three options. You guys know the rules. Breed them, ship them, show them. 
You got a $10,000 show rooster. Oh, boy. I haven't even seen these yet. This is good. Capable already. of winning every show he's in, but extremely aggressive and has killed every hen you put him in with so far. I'm going to have to phone a friend here maybe on this one. Yeah. Who are you calling? Mr. Kennedy, I bet. Yeah, Blake Kennedy, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, you're, he's speaking of knocking down inventory, he's killing your hands. All right. Option two, you got a full bud, bode, bo, boar, buck, words are hard still, has already won Fort Worth RIP this year. Hmm. And Houston, but it is estimated that only one out of 50 offspring will be of show quality. Interesting. Option three, you've got a young Dorper Ram. You think he's almost flawless, but due to a genetic flaw, he cannot breed Dorper ewes. He has to be used in a crossbred program. So strange. This is this is off the wall. So this is, I mean, yeah, I mean, may, maybe some some thoughts you need to go in here. So you got ten thousand dollar show rooster. You got a full bud boar buck. That's already won two sh two majors, but one out of fifty bad bad deal. Young Dorper Ram, it's almost flawless, but you got to breed him crossbred. So what are you doing here, Mister Edge? Okay, here's the deal. I've invested ten grand in a show rooster that can win anything he goes to. That thing's getting sh that thing's getting shown. Okay, I don't care what you, I don't care what you say. Uh, I'm going to go collect a lot of winnings with a prize show rooster. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to show I'm gonna show the rooster. Uh, I'm going to breed the Dorper Ram, and here's why. Because after he gets done with a show career of, of winning some Dorper Ram shows, people don't realize the quality of Dorper meat in the commercial world and the yeah. hardiness of those sheep to roam the, the, the rough terrain of hill country in Texas is... Second to none. So logic and science says that I could still make money on the Dorper Ram, even if I have to use them in a crossbred program to make uh, high quality meat animals. And still, who knows? We might invent a, a um, Dorper hybrid division, oh, no, maybe registry. like a percentage, percentage Dorper sheep, you know, show somewhere. Huh. So could be on the cusp of something neat there. So we're going to breed the Dorper buck and we're shipping that boar blow, uh, that boar buck. Just, I mean, bad odds. It's nice that he's one Fort Worth and Houston, but one out of 50 show quality. I mean, you'd be better off sending like a poodle in to breed those things. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. So I have some follow-up questions. I agree with you hundred percent. What would you name the rooster if he's worth 10,000? And what would you cross the Dorper Ram with, and what would you call that breed? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, what would I name the rooster? I'm going to have to, uh, you know, I'd probably have to think on that one a little bit. Just that's Trevor. You put that one on me. Mm -hmm. you, you did to me what I do to other people. <laughs> uh, Maybe I'll cut this audio and we'll put it out there for our listeners to see what they would name a $10,000 show rooster. That's already killed every <laughs> he's been with. I'm sure there's there's a celebrity reference or some uh, kind of Rick James. <laughs> Done. That's the name Rick of the show. Rick James the Rooster. Rick James. You you know you know the thing. Yeah. Um maybe maybe even uh Cocky Balboa. Oh that's a good one. My wife actually just uh, came up with that, so I can't take all the credit. That's really good. Cocky Balboa, that one, that Hey, wins. All right. Uh, and, and then what do I breed the Dorper buck to? You know, that's tough to say just because, uh, you know, if you're talking meat quality, maybe I'm just breeding them to hair sheep. Maybe we're just going hair on hair and we're going to breed those things, uh, that Dorper buck to a bunch of Katahdins uh, and just stick with the commercial side of things. Or Kadorpers. Yeah, Kadorper to Katahdin. I think that'll work just fine. Um, and, and Katahdins are known for their their meat quality genetics as well. So that could be an option, pretty low maintenance sheep. Uh, but you know, if we're, if we're going to make some show ponies with a Dorper buck that we can't breed to Dorper use, you know, I I'm thinking because you're probably not going to gain any ground on leg wool uh, or, or hair for that matter 
I, I think maybe breeding some Dorper sheep to um, to like a, a really cool looking, I don't know, fine wool uh-huh. like that. Get like a fine wool cross deal going. I, I, I don't know. I'd just be curious to know what you'd call the breed. Because, you know, like the Berkshire Duroc thing, they're calling them Barocs. And... Yeah, I mean, if you go to Dorper fine wool, you could, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting thoughts. Tough, it'd be tough to say. I mean, Dorper Katahdin, you could just sheep. <laughs> yep, that's what they'll be. That's what they are. Uh, all right. Uh, hey, M. Long, long-tailed Kadorpers. So I'm going to call the future wife in to the studio here, if she heard me. Uh, we've got eight names. We've got Colby, Max, Derek times two. He's been there twice. We've got Cody, Tori, Ashley, and today's Landon. So, M, I need you to pick a number between one and eight, and you're going to pick the winner of the free hat. You have no idea what's going on when I called you in here. Just pick a number between one and eight. 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 Landon. Landon won. There you go. Well, how about that? Cocky Balboa is paying off. Uh, by the way, you you were who my hat was off to this week. Oh, you're welcome. So there you go, Landon. Uh, we will contact you. Thank you for coming in, dear. We will uh, contact you and get the uh, address that we need to uh, send that hat out to you. So congratulations. Thank you for everybody who has sent in their Breed and Septum Shomes. Keep doing that because uh, Corey has upped the ante. And yeah. we're going to do a prize pack. So keep sending them in. we got to start fresh. Um, Thank you for sending those in, but we, we got to start fresh and get a whole new batch of names in there. So maybe maybe we'll just keep them, keep adding to it. Who knows what we'll do? Who knows? But congratulations, Landon. We will uh, we'll reach out to you. Um, so Trev, a little something I, I would like to uh, bring to everyone's attention that they already know about if they are in any way, shape, or form involved in the stock show industry, which I would hope that they are considering they're listening to a stock show podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I should have done this in my hats off, but I felt like they deserved their own um, shout out here from, from us uh, livestock enthusiasts that are incredibly thankful for the thankless jobs that is hosting shows. Uh-huh. And ladies and gentlemen, in the year 2020, there was a major stock show hosted from start to finish where junior exhibitors got to show up, get in the show ring and receive awards. There was a, there was a 4-H and FFA livestock judging contest. There was a lot of proud moments had in Kansas city, America. Uh-huh. So my, my uh, sincere uh, gratitude goes off to those folks in, in Kansas city. Jeff, what, what do you think? I mean, the American Royal, are people realizing just the impact that that has on how we're going to move forward in 2021? I mean, you're talking one of the, for Midwest shows, uh, you're talking one of, one of the big three. I mean, Denver, Kansas city, Louisville, uh, that, that one, that one happened. Yeah. And when you compare it to like Denver, who's already canceled and mm-hmm. Kansas city, I mean, Early on, people were like, oh, no, that's, that's, that one's going to happen. And I was like, I don't know. Like, things are getting hairy. And I shouldn't have doubted them because the folks there at the American Royal have been resilient in that. And um, nothing going against uh, the, the Denver for canceling and, uh, you know, the other other majors who just can't do it. Uh, you know, the risk is there. Uh, but like, like you just said, the, the folks there in Kansas City has figured out a way to overcome that. Um, did it with a very, very high integrity and with caution and safety and all the things needed. So I think that is kind of the the doorway that's opened to, I'm sure they were kind of on the spotlight. Uh, those who ran other major shows, I'm sure, have been in communication with them or at least watching how they how they did that, people coming from all over the United States. So, um, yeah, that, that's a good point to bring up. That's uh, huge huge uh, I mean, thank you for that and the and the champion steer breaks the record by 30 grand yeah and how it, about that i mean just it's really cool to see those things come together especially this year 
that uh, I mean, uh, very good calf, by the way. Good friends of ours involved with that one. Uh, previous guests, Devin and Charlie Wilson. There you go. Uh, this is this might be the first time we've talked about Devin and Charlie on the podcast since they've been married. So, uh, con- I guess congratulations. They've been yeah. married now for a little bit. Got but, a lot of married friends now. It's kind of kind of cool. <laughs> It, we are that season of life, Kirk. Yeah, where <laughs> that's people right. are just getting married, and you know, it's it's fine. Yeah, where and I, I will say though, I I need to shorten up my circle of friends because weddings are expensive when you have to. <laughs> yeah, and travel. Yeah, uh, no, it sucks being such a good friend. <sighs> yeah, what a burden to bear. <laughs> oh shoot. No, um, so that that is a good point. I mean, I feel for all the the Texans and some of their majors closing, uh, and I've seen some fire on the keyboard of social media. Um, mm-hmm. People kind of getting a little frustrated, and um, you know, getting a little vocal about how easy it is to cancel a show and why would you do that to the kids? And none of those people on that board wanted that to happen. Let's just make sure that's clear. Um, it sucks. Don't get me wrong, but there's also going to be alternatives. There's been backup plans in place for who knows how long. So um, that's a, that's that's a good topic. Are you ready to take your marketing and design to the next level? Tarbell Marketing and Design is a livestock-savvy marketing agency that will get you thinking out of the box. Every first-time customer can get 15% off if you mention Stock Talk Podcast. Visit ChooseTMD.com today. The difference is in the details. Uh, now, we, we alluded to this earlier, kind of shifting gears, and uh, our 100th episode is going to be a big deal. Uh, we don't know mm-hmm. how, what, when, and how, or whatever, but it's going to be big is all I know. So we're throwing around a lot of ideas. Rather it be a virtual event, or guests may that may be on that show. Um, so here's what we're gonna do for the next week, two weeks maybe. Send in any thoughts you have about what you would see for an absolute huge episode on the 100th episode. And 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 no goal is too lofty. I mean, I've got some some personal goals that I would like to do. Um, I'm thinking a several hour long event with. Yep. with multiple guests from different walks of life coming on here. I mean, it could be fun. It, it could, could be, be videoed. It could be, I mean, I'm going to venture to guess that it's highly likely Corey and I will be in the same room. I mean, that's almost a given. Yes. So uh, sky's the limit. I would like our listeners to pull out their notes. What, what have they, what do they want to hear? And now mind you, this is, this episode will be the Wednesday before New Year's. So yeah. timing's right, if yeah. you will. And uh, speaking of the Wednesday before New Year's, that, that means that we will be in the month of December. And for those that have followed along with the podcast since uh, last December, we did uh, we did a dedicated December. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it again. Yep. Uh, I will say I lost a significant amount of weight. Um, doing that, eating right, um, not divulging in in bad habits or anything like that, and just just breaking it down, drinking lots of water, eating healthy, trying to maintain an active. Because if you think about the month of December, that's the hardest time. Yep, it is to try to stay active and work out, and and I don't work out anyway anymore. But this dedicated December thing really kind of puts things into perspective, and. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it actually more so than I was you know last year I was a little nervous about it, but now that I've gone through it once I think it I think we can handle it again. Yeah. But I I, I want to uh, I want to I want you guys to get involved. Like if you're listening, and uh, you need a you need a we're by no stretches neither one of us are going to be health coaches, but we will we will bear through it with you. Yes. Uh, and by the end of it, you feel a lot better about yourself. Yeah, it is. And not only are you working out your body, but your brain muscles too. So we um, we read a book along with everybody, um, got up a little earlier, and uh, that was refreshing for me because I got to I got to learn a little bit extra along with working out, eating healthier. 
Um, so that that's what's going to happen. It's Corey and I, along with uh, Luke Ziegler, who was on um, last week, and then uh, another friend, Jordan Marks. So that's a four. We kind of do a challenge together, push each other, uh, but we're going to do a lot more listener engagement. We're, we are coming up with the criteria for this year, the book we're going to read and, and all that stuff. Um, and then we'll open it up to you guys to join us. To, so yes, stock talk dedicated December, 2020 edition. It'll be uh it'll be a good one. I, I'm looking forward to picking out a book together that, uh, that we could dive into. Yes. This, this past one was real good, suggested by Luke. Um, but you know. I, I have a couple ideas, but we'll have to, again, listener engagement. If you have a book out there, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, any, any livestock books? I oh, mean, I'd be, be in on that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's out there, but. Dedicated December is coming around the corner, and here we come. Yeah. Um, the, uh. Yeah, the hundredth episode. I, I just can't believe it. I, I'm more so okay. So if you're listening currently and you're tired of hearing us ramble about our own events and stuff, just picture this. We want this episode to trump every single episode we've ever done. Yep. Live or recorded. Live or recorded. And some of you have, have noted some significant episodes. In the past, that you know, you're like, oh, this is my favorite one yet. Well, we're we're ready to beat them all. Yep. And we, uh, you know, in an environment where there's lots of other livestock podcasts available to you to listen to, we we want this one to mean the most. Yep. And think about the those who aren't a guest that aren't on the podcast. Mm-hmm. There's going to be big names that we're thinking about already. Maybe multiple guests. So who knows? All right, Corey, let's break it down. Of course, brought to you by Brad Howe Ford. Uh, treated Corey right. He learned it firsthand. Now cruising around in a brand new car from Brad Howe Ford. They do have award-winning customer service. They're going to lead you in the right direction. So cruise right over to Kokomo, Indiana. Trade in that old piece of junk you've been driving around and get you Something nice at Brad Howe Ford. So here's what we're going to break down, Corey. Just you and I. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to do this. Didn't know who to do it with. But I think we've got some experience in this. We both have opinions about it. Feet trimming. And I'm not just saying for like general health or, you know, the dairy farmer comes out and makes sure that they're clean. Here's some questions that I had in mind about, about feet trimming. Okay. Is it a good thing or are we going too far? in the livestock we trim the feet of, is it manipulating them in a way that we don't want them to look like naturally? Should we be allowed to work on the feet of breeding stock? Because, you know, once they breed on, they're going to have the feet that they naturally have and not the clean trimmed up feet that we hired somebody to do. Mm-hmm. And building them up with the with epoxy and all that stuff that we're doing. So let's break it down, top to bottom, trimming feet. Okay. Well, uh, to answer your first question, is a good thing? Are we going too far? Uh, you know, it's a good thing. I think people do take it too far at times. Um, but, you know, from a aesthetic standpoint, obviously a nicely trimmed foot makes a big difference. But, you know, in the clubland world and in, in showing, I mean, really in, in any species, if you can, if you can trim that rear foot, just right to where you're you're avoiding broken down pasterns or you're pulling a hawk in or you're you're pulling one out maybe that pull you know that hawks in some yep from behind uh i think i don't i don't necessarily think it's a competitive advantage i think it's just uh you know any, anybody can do it not everybody can do it well but people can do it um you know and if that's something that you know you want to you want to try to do i feel like Obviously, there's no rules against it. So, yep. Um, you know, obviously, you you've got to work on them early. Mm-hmm. Some of them now, some of them you can't work on real early, but you got to work on them early to make sure that you're training that foot to set down where you want it to go to get the result that you're looking for. Whether that be a softer pastern, a square hind leg, whatever it is, uh, just yeah. 
I, I think it's, I think it's real good. And I think probably more people need to pay attention to how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we be allowed to work on the feet of breeding stock? who will pass it on. You know, I mean, yeah, I obviously think that people that are breeding animals need to take some of that into account, you know, especially in some of these sheep. I mean, geez, you talk about white sheep feet grow like crazy. Uh I mean, it's just, so management is key, but you know, I do think that it's partially to do with environment, but also, you know, I mean, if you really got to work on one's foot to get, get their pasture and hind leg to set right on a breeding animal, maybe evaluate what you're doing for, from a genetic standpoint to try to fix that. Exactly. Um, Building them up versus a basic trim. Again, I don't know. I, maybe there's some places that have rules against it. Um, I don't have a bias one way or the other. Obviously, if you just need to do a basic trim, you're probably better off from a a structural standpoint, Mm -hmm. but I mean, building them up, I could also see that being something that's necessary on some versus others, but I'm neither, I'm neither here nor there. Gotcha. Well, I, I do have a couple of them. Um, so I, I think managing a foot and trimming it correctly is super beneficial in the hog world, when you're headed down to Prairie, Georgia, you better have your feet right showing on the, the hard carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, now, don't try to snare them and get the Dremel tool out of your shop and nick the crap out of their foot because you're going to end up with a disaster. Mm-hmm. Hire a professional, knock them out, get it done correctly. Less is more. Um, now, when it comes to... I. I the manipulating and looking naturally, you can only do so much with a trim. I mean, like you're literally helping the animal out. It's like buying a new pair of shoes. If I were to wear the same shoes I had when I, when I was in college, they would be worn out to no end, no tread. score from, yep. Stepping on a harder surface or, you know, planting weird. Yeah. So you got to kind of even it out. Um, and, and I think that's healthy. Uh, where the tricky part comes in is working on breeding stock because if they're pushing in their hawk or they're not planting right and we work real hard to get the surface of their foot to counteract that, well, the next time you breed that bull or you, whatever it is, that's probably going to be an issue, although the foot's corrected. So what I'm trying to say is be cautious and don't overdo it because I don't, I don't think we, we need to manipulate them too much. If that's something that's going to pass on down through the line, we can't be trimming and building up and blocking them and, and doing all this crazy stuff because you're going to pass treble-footed ones on forever and ever. Yeah. Now, I do think it's it comes down to also the environment that they're in. So if they're in mud or if they're in sand, those toes will grow a lot faster than being filed down on concrete or bark or whatever, rougher surface, to keep them just naturally managed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've seen those, those ones, even on slats, that get a little long or get a little down-footed uh, because they get, they get a little weaker there. Um, so... I, I, I'm kind of against the whole building them up thing. Um, if if you really need to put the a layer of epoxy on them and and slap it on there like they got flip flops on, trying to to make it right, I mean, th- if you're trying to fix them that bad, should you even be showing it? Let's, like, let's I, be I, honest. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess from that standpoint, I I'd agree with you. I mean. I guess I'm, I'm not against people doing it. Like if that's what they feel like they need to do, I don't think it's any different than somebody using adhesive to bone up a leg or right. anything like that. Um, you know, but I do think that if you are, if you are utilizing that in your program regularly, probably should buy some better ones. Yep. Yep. That should be something that you, you shouldn't have to schedule the foot trimmer every year. It mm-hmm. should be like, a, oh, that one's starting to push a little bit at 150 pounds. That's probably even too, on the end of it, like 100 pounds better uh, with the hog thing. Better get them in here. 
or you know, as a low calf, hey, let's let's get ahead of the ball game and just help this one out a little bit. Clip the fingernails, yeah. if you will. And, and and maintenance is okay. I yep. mean, that's we're not talking like you know, you see one at 100 pounds and their toes are a little long. Yeah, trim them up, get them shaped right, and that's fine. But if you see one at 100 pounds that needs a correction done because of it, you know, because their feet are bad yeah. or because they're bow-legged or something, like, and you're trying to fix that with their feet, yeah, that's what we're talking I've about. seen it happen many times in a positive way, and I think it can be utilized that way. Let's just not get carried away with this, all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Well, that was a breakdown brought to you by Brad, Hal, Ford, Good friends there, boy. I I never thought so. I owned a I owned a car um, when I was at Tech, and then when I moved to Illinois with Taylor, um, she got my car on fire. So then we had to go <laughs> get another vehicle. So I, you know, I had a pickup. I didn't know how it adjust from a pickup to a car. Yeah, I was going to ask. Like, a, yeah, I test drove some trucks. I'm a large human, you know, and and driving driving a, you know, a car is. It is what it is, but you know, just good people. They got me in the right vehicle. I, uh, I did test drive trucks. I was in love with, mm-hmm. but you know, at the end of the day, you know, Baxter house sat me down and said, Corey, what do you need? And I said, I need good fuel economy and a vehicle that'll fit me. And, uh, he said, here's what you need. And he showed me, and I said, okay. He didn't try to sell me the $60,000 truck. He sold me the the car that was a little cheaper that made more sense for me. So, That's awesome. Yeah, I've been low hanging fruit for the house for quite some time, and uh, the the conversations come back around. Gotta get the wedding paid for mm-hmm. and over with, and then then we can become more serious. But um, the old Dodge, the old trusty Dodge, um, talk about fuel economy. Not it's not not quite there. So. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of quality service, let's talk about something else, Trev. All right, let's uh, do it. I'm, I'm really interested to dive into this one. So let's talk about relative quality in a breeding operation. And I'm not talking about, you know, uh, what it means to have high quality livestock in, in a breeding program, but rel- more so along the lines of, for lack of a better term, barn blindness. Mm. So, and, and we're all guilty. And if you have sat home and feel like you have never been barn blind in your life, you have, whether you know it or not. That's true. Every year we try to make them better. And as soon as we think we have the best one we've ever raised, somebody else down the road has a better one than you do. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the best one on your place might not be the best one at the show when you show up there. Or it may not be the best one in your county or your state. Um, It's relative to what you have. So relative quality. Mm -hmm. So Kirky, talk, talk through this with me because I think, you know, obviously with breeding and showing sheep, you know, you look at intact males all the time, trying to consider whether they need to stay that way or get cut or banded or whatever. And then you also have females that you're like, oh, is that one donor quality? Is this a front pasture sow? Is this, you know, something that we need to really build around? Or is it just a nice breeding piece for what we have? Yes. So what um, what do you think about the relative quality when it comes to the general population of show stock producers? Like, do you think it's a pretty common thing? Do you think it's, uh, you know, some people realize what they have, don't realize what they have? This is this is good because my current position, I get this a lot. I go to a lot of different farms and help them get to the next level. And sometimes people want a yes man. They want somebody, They what they what comes out of their mouth is, hey, I want you to, want you to tell me how to feed this one. What's in their mind is I just want him to look at this thing to tell so that they can tell me how good of a job I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not that person. I'll tell you that, hey, we need to drop the protein that one, this, that, and the other thing. So I say that to start the conversation with this. When I 
I'm I'm fortunate enough to go to a lot of different farms, go to a lot of different producers of every step of their adventure. Been to the absolute highest quality, pretty much can't get much better. Everybody's chasing you farms. And I've been to the other end of the spectrum where they're brand new and starting to learn a lot, but you know, this, that, and the other. So I know the spectrum. That's what I'm saying. That's a benefit. I know the spectrum of, holy cow, probably the best one I've seen in a long time. Or Mm -hmm. that one's common, but hard to poke a hole in. Mm -hmm. What we have to be aware of as stockmen is what you're raising at your place has to fit the greater good of the industry. Because if if you're trying to better what is in your fences or your four corners of your barn whatever the best one is and that's the one you're hyped up about that's a good thing but don't think that one is is the fix the cure-all and when we talk about keeping the males intact i get this question a lot uh, i'll see a little boar pig in the corner or whatever like, man, I really want to show a boar, and um, I think this one's really nice. The, mo- the mother's this, that, and the other. And sometimes there's really nice ones that I'd really like to see pan out because you always hear those success stories that come from a quote-unquote no-name. Mm-hmm. But we have to, again, think about that one has to make the next generation better. And same thing with keeper gilts or keeper heifers, whatever, use. Those females have to make the next generation better. And if it if it's a female that Susie showed at last year's county fair, and that's the reason you're keeping her, I'll remind you of a quote that Mr. McCoy told me. They're all employees, and you can fire them if they don't work for you. That's how you have to analyze your herd. So this is something that's been on my mind a lot because um, I don't want to say I get frustrated, but it's a question that comes up a lot and I'm becoming more and more open of, no, I don't think she's good enough. Actually, I think she's probably in your bottom third. And the bottom third is what I also want to talk about. Shout out to Kevin Went who taught me this. His rule was he would ship 30% of his show pig you know, say there'd be a hundred of them, he would ship 30 and he would make sure that there was 30 head that had chalk marks on their back. He would count them. And if we had 28, he would go look for two. Um, Now that goes without saying you may have an incredibly deep set, but what this does is better your top end because once you get rid of the junk, your better ones have room to grow. They are easier to look at day in and day out. Mm. But the bottom third is huge because it's a percentage. If you have 2,000, if you have 20, it's a percentage and it's a number. It's not, I have to get rid of 20 every season. It's just a percentage. So your bottom 30% needs to happen. And it's not always easy, but it's something you got to do to keep the cycle right, uh, to keep that relative quality in check. Uh, and don't be afraid to go out and and look at your friend's place. That That's probably the the most important thing, or rather it be a friend or somebody else who's doing uh, the show livestock thing. Just see if you can go over and drink a few pops and look at their livestock and pick their brain. I mean, just because they're your friend doesn't mean they know anything less than you or mm-hmm. you cannot go over there because all oh, they're doing the same thing you are. It's healthy. Uh, heck, within our the boys group, what you just said, shoot, we send videos and text and stuff back and forth all the time. And that then that's when you know, oh, we gotta we gotta amp it up here at home. That, you know, yeah. Friend XYZ the, just got a killer and we, you know, that's not nothing near what I've got here. The best way to find out if your stuff sucks is to go somewhere else. Yes. That's exactly I mean, right. You no, know, this spring, uh, my brother and I went to a handful of places together looking at sheep and studying and just seeing what was out there. And you know, we came back and we're like, you know, we fit in here and here, but we're way off in other places. Mm. And, and, you know, uh, sometimes you, you just gotta, as much as it may pain you in order to get better, you've got to ha- practice a strong culling program. I mean, we, we've talked this year, um, and, and you know, we're probably going to call ours in half 
and then go get better ones. So we're, we're going to build, we're going to build on what's worked. And, you know, if we're hanging on for any particular reason, other than we want that many sheep, that's not doing it right. Yeah. So, well, that's, we, that's the thing. I mean, and that's another thing is some, some, so many people say, well, I've got room for 15 or I've got room for 150. You know, I've got this many acres. This is where I need to be. That's all fine and dandy, but shit, if they're not good enough, get rid of them. I mean, yeah. average will not get you anywhere. You breed average to average, guess what you're going to get? More average. Mm-hmm. And, I, 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 hey, I'm not saying you you need you can't be excited about what's at home because those those are exciting times. Uh, just understand that there's always, there's more than likely somebody out there getting it done a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And find that person and ask them about 35 questions until you become the creeper at that show that that guy was talking to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's it's something that that I wanted uh I'm glad you you asked and wanted to to kind of elaborate on because um I I have this a lot uh with a lot of young producers or ones that are getting started and at times, you know, like hey, this one's neat, but I think it's going to be an, a better barra, you know, or Really, yeah. I think this one's got huge legs and this and that. That's great, but he's not bore quality. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you asked for my if opinion. You wanna, if you want to really test where your program's at, keep one intact, breed them to your best sows or your best ewes or your best cows or heifers and see how they turn out. Yeah. Because, yep. I mean, you, you might figure out in a, in a hurry that you just lost a generation. Yep. And but Or, or you may find out that, hey, that that deal might work. Yep. And then you really know where you stand from a quality standpoint. If if you can breed from within, keep one intact. This goes back to your do I keep one or do I not keep one? Yeah. Well, and, and when I you, mean the power is in numbers too. I mean, when you have a lot of females mm-hmm. and a lot of room, you can experiment. You know, hey, I'm right. gonna breed him to half and then I've got the other half to play with. Say you've got two hundred, I'm gonna breed him to half. Got a hundred of them that he's bred to. Then I'm going to go source the other 100. Well, if you only have ten, your your uh, what's what's the science word? Your test group or your your uh, source is a lot smaller. Your uh, yeah, you're right. That's so it. yeah, I I can't think of it. I'm not a scientist, I guess. Words are hard. Yeah. Well, really, what 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 it comes down to is no it kind of goes actually goes back to the same adding episode, knowing where you're at. Yep. I mean, not only does it apply to knowing where you're at from a geographical and physical location when you're sorting livestock shows, but also know where you're at in your breeding program. Yes. And, and continue to try to get better. Cause if we all push these, these animals are going to get even that much better. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right. No, I, I think it's, don't be afraid to send the videos. This one good enough to the people that will tell you honest opinion. Not a don't don't send it to a yes man. You don't want some grandma or grandpa. It's like oh you're doing great. That one's nice. I ain't gonna get you anywhere. And and I get it. It it's tough to not be a yes man to your friends, and because you, you know you want them you want them to feel good. You know you don't want to be the person that says ah oh, man I just really don't like that one, or that one's just not good enough here. And I've been that person for a very long time, mm-hmm. but you know, over recent years, you kind of start studying a little bit more and you're like, mm, you know what? Good try. That one just ain't going to work now. And heck I've been the guy wanting the yes man, like for a long time. And I've learned that that didn't get me nowhere. And mm-hmm. I'll send videos out to that group of, of people that I respect their opinion of because a, it's mostly, they don't tear you down. They're like, Oh, that one's wicked fronted but way too skinny or man, that one's got a huge hind leg, but probably doesn't move good enough. Like that's all the things I'm like, Oh, I need to work on that. Or even ask like, Hey, what's that, what's that one on? You know, what's the feed program. And that's where you learn the most is tossing ideas back and forth. And heck within the end of that conversation, you both end up learning something. So, uh, yeah, that, I guess moral of the story is there. Find yourself somebody that can improve, uh, the thought process. And make sure you don't get barn blind with what you got and at your place. Relative quality. Your best one is probably not the best one. Uh, 
That also goes to those that are buying livestock to exhibit at shows, not just breeders. Uh huh. Yeah. Like you might have gone and bought the $10,000 barra from XYZ sale, but somebody else might have bought a $10,000 barra at another sale that's probably better than yours. Or a $500, yeah, yeah. a $500 one that's fed incredibly well and bred right that came from a no namer. I mean, that, that shit happens. But we, those and we don't tell anybody where they're at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, they become one of your friends who start selling them really high, and then it's no longer a honey hole. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that that that's a good point. I mean, it, it just because you don't have a quote unquote name, oh, I don't have a name, I can't sell them high. That's a very very sad excuse. Keep working hard to make them the best you possibly can, because the relative quality may be higher than what you think. Mm-hmm. You just gotta make sure yeah. you're on top. As a, as a show judge, you know, sometimes you get stuck in a situation where you, you put one second or third in a very, very good, good class. And, you know, you say on the mic, boy, I bet this young person did not drag this one here to get third in class. Yep. But which also kind of goes to show that, boy, you might think you're hauling a hammer to the, to the show and you think you might have a shot. But then there's four or five other families that show up ready to whoop your butt too yes so you know keep that in the back of your mind you know where do you where do you stand even within the good ones Mm. so just something to think about food for thought i like it quick break in the action folks you guys know what that sound means it's legacy livestock imaging heidi anderson and charles anderson are sweeping the country taking photos of your livestock your seniors or your family or your wedding. They can do it all. Not only are they capturing what's beyond the lens, but they have a full store of prints that you can purchase, and they're amazing. So head to LegacyLivestockImaging.com and not only book your session with Legacy Livestock Imaging, might as well purchase a print while you're there. Thanks to our folks at Legacy Livestock Imaging for all you do. Heidi and Charles, you guys are awesome. Let's get back to the show. Uh, I think we're nearing the end of the episode. Pretty sure. Yeah. And one thing we're, we're slacking on is the question of the week. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to get better at this because when you have a guest on and you've been talking to him for over an hour, it gets a little like, holy crap. And we just start thinking about the episode and then forget about the question of the week. Don't know if something popular yet, but uh, I know this is something that you've kind of created and I like it because it's, it's a good break in the action. Uh, it's something that people can think about for the rest of the week. But... I think you had one. Mm-hmm. What is our question of the week? Well, I'm going to do two. One's a short, quick, kind of fun one. Okay. And the next one actually is a fun one, but maybe a little bit longer to talk about. Okay. Okay. So question of the week. Where is the worst smelling place you've ever been? Oh, my. Probably... My high school football locker room. Mm. Of all the pig shit I've been wallering in in my life, it's kind of just like embedded in your skin. You've, you're always going to smell like it. Mm. But that teenage body odor, odor reeking high school football locker room, because you got to like you got to think there's some of those kids who like forget to wash their jer- jersey from last game mm. in their sweaty beddies. Oh yeah. And you're like, where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. And you line up next to them and exercises and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably it. That's probably the most smelliest place I've ever been. What about you? Uh, I'm going to spare maybe a little bit of uh, embarrassment on behalf of this county fair that I was at, but their restrooms were out of order. Oh no. And uh, I had to, I had to go. I had, I had a break. And so I went into a porter potty at a county fair that uh, looked like it had not been cleaned out from the previous time it was used. <laughs> I opened the door, stepped half inside, took a breath, and immediately walked out. And I said, I'm going to need to drive to the nearest gas station so that I can go to the bathroom. And they said, that bad? I said, I... It's so bad that I don't even want you to go tell me how bad it is after you smell it. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, it was not good. I, I, yeah. 
Is this one in like the Midwest or out of the out of the Midwest? Uh, no, this this was in the Midwest. Gotcha. Yeah, I I won't even say I don't even want, I don't even want to say the state it was in because I don't <laughs> want to offend people from that state. I, I won't hold it against anybody, but I'm just saying. Yeah, probably just a simple management issue or whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here, here's here's kind of the fun one. I think uh, lots of other people can play along. What is the best and worst livestock purchases you've ever made? Oh, good one. Good, good, good one. All right, let's start with the worst because I've had a lot of learning experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Barra that I bought from... A pretty reputable breeder, I'll say. I was in, uh, thought I was at that age where I thought I knew what I was doing, and this one was like, well, it was relative quality. Oh, this one's just like, oh man, best one in my barn, blah, 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 as a little baby pig. Turns out it was the worst growing thing, little toad that was so fat and round and I was probably feeding it something stupid. I mean, let, let's not be, it's not all the pig's fault. But to st- to spare everything else, like you just said, but that that was definitely a learning curve. Like, hey, let's let's get them out of the pen. Let's make sure their hind legs right and doesn't look like you could roll a bowling ball between them. Mm. Um, thankfully, I had other ones in the barn to to show. But like, this was that stupid teenage age where I knew everything and everybody else was stupid. And I'm I'm pretty sure the breeder was like, hey. I think you should go with this one over here, don't you think? Like, no, oh, no, no, no. I like this one. This one's this one's awesome. Hmm. Uh, the best one. And you said best purchase. Best purchase. Okay. So, man, and and it can be for different things. I, I'm going to say because, yeah, you know, I've I've won shows and and those were 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 good purchases for that reason. But I was the middleweight light cross champion at the Ohio State Fair my last year showing there with a bear that came from McCoy's that didn't even sell in their sale. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure when I came, I was just kind of I think I was doing chores or something, just helping out at the farm and. And I was like, you know, I kind of like an extra one just to kind of just play around with. And and then Mike was like, well, there's one that didn't sell. It's over there. It's a blue-eyed bear. He's, he's, I don't know if he's good or not or not, but, you know, like he said, 200 bucks, whatever. Just load him up, take him out. Ah, whatever. Sure, I'll take it. And this guy, it was one of those that had, like, he was just a skinny runt. You know, like, he was getting his ass beat in the pen and everybody was running over top of him. And, but he was just like, there waiting same genetics as the, the good brothers that brought Buku money and all that. And I just fed this little thing. And it was one of those deals where I didn't expect anybody to like, Oh yeah, Trevor got that blue eyed barrel. You better look out. Like, but that was really fun for me because I kind of, that was where I really learned. This was, like I said, last, last year showing, and I fed it the way I thought it needs to be fed. Yeah, I sent Mike photos and and videos, and he came down and, you know, said, ah, that one's nice, you know, nice pig. And I just kind of kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Well, it got to the fair, and it was one of those hogs where, you know, not Mike's radar, didn't expect him to come, you know, waste his time with it because it was just a pig. <laughs> and he ended up being middleweight champion. Again, it's not not like I won a big show like, like I have with others, but that one was like a... Heck yeah. Like, I knew I beat a bunch. Actually, the same class was a $3,500 bear that I was kind of following that I knew it was a similar weight. You know, you kind of have that uh, that forecast. Like, oh, I bet we'll be in the same class and all that. That was like mm-hmm. a really cool feeling. Like, hey, this one was a, a no-name, whatever dude, a little pig that just kind of nobody had faith in but me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was just a cool, cool experience. But that one, that one was... That was probably my favorite purchase. I don't know about the best um, because I, I could be here all night thinking about the ones we've, mm. we have purchased. But yeah. uh, I, uh, another bad purchase was the opposite end of that dollar sign spectrum. 
and didn't even get to show him because he's three legged and had to ship him. That that hurt. Yeah, those those ones will sting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. What about you, yo? Uh man, I've probably got a I've got a three way tie probably for my best purchase. Worst purchase of all time. I bought a Hampshire Barra from a reputable breeder in the Midwest. Uh, awesome baby pig. And like, we're going to go to Indy. We're going to have a shot here in the Hampshires. Uh, that bear got shipped at a hundred pounds because he got bow legged and his on both ends, front feet turned in rear leg went out. And I kind of sat there scratching my head. Like what, what did I do wrong here? Mm-hmm. Spent some pretty good money on this pair on this pig. And, uh, I'm like thinking like, geez, thought I hadn't shot, uh, to do well. And it would have been my, what it was my senior year. So, uh, and then, uh, one of my, one of my honey holes, which is where part of the three-way tie comes in. Uh, one of my honey holes, I bought a crossbred bear, a, um, red gilt and a spot gilt all at the same place. Um, and crossbred bear was just for a county fair. Uh, ends up still going to Indian winning his class, so that's kind of cool. So this ties into the best. The best uh, bought bought a pair of gilts. Those those two purebred gilts. Uh, for what did I spend on them things? I think I bought the pair for seven hundred and fifty bucks. Mm. Uh, red gilt Windsor class at Indy. Plays in division, reseller to a guy for fifteen hundred. <laughs> nice. Spot guilt wins the spots at Indy, and uh, she goes in the sell sale and sells to Troy Louder Milk. I think he might have made a bore out of her. Right. She didn't Is really that make it. that the one Jim sorted right? Yeah, yeah. So nice. my brother had the fortune of showing all three of those pigs, but. Uh, that was probably some one of the best purchases. I mean, talk about ROI. But yeah, uh, right. Another one would be. Um, I haven't seen anything yet, but I have to think that our decision to buy Hill on Wheels is pretty smart. Yep, um, I was going to say that probably is in there. Seen have seen some semen interest come in. You know, obviously, so haven't even sold any lambs out of him yet. But you know, obviously, he's already starting to generate a little bit of revenue there. Um, I, I would like to think that that one will probably be one of my best purchases. Don't know yet. Yeah. Hope so. But, uh, possibly, possibly all time favorite purchase, best purchase I ever made was a $450 Norman brothers, Hampshire guilt in 2014. Then it went on to win the Hampshire show at Perry, Georgia mm-hmm. and, and top the sale. Uh, for the guilts at, at five five grand, I there. believe I know nobody can see this, but I believe she's over on the left shoulder of your wall. Yes, she's she's on the wall. Uh, great memories were made with that one. That was uh, that. Uh, I mean, you can't dream up a better scenario than buying a buying a baby pig and selling it for that kind of money at a at a show and type of conference. Uh, that was fun because that was where the BHE swine team <laughs> came in. And hey, I think everybody won a class there. Johnson had a Yorkshire. I had a red one. Yep. Linig had a red one, I think. And Gradert had a couple. Yep. Yep. That was uh that was a fun trip. But I I mean honestly I think that was dumb luck a little bit. I mean I really liked that guilt when I saw her. Uh mom and dad went with me and I just, you know, I thought that one was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Denzer Barn special to do what she did. That was pretty cool. So that's probably the best purchase I ever made. I mean, there's been sheep along the way. I mean, buying a $300 U that turns into a donor, stuff like that. That's happened for us. But yep. I would say, yeah, pretty cool stuff there. I like it. Good questions. Well, folks, this is episode 90, uh, which means we'll it'll be just Corey and I on another five episodes. Uh, but until then, make sure you hop on stocktalk-podcast.com. Go to the menu tab and find the shop. We've got new long sleeve t-shirt and short sleeve t-shirt options for both the men and the ladies. Got new hats. And congratulations again to Landon for winning the free hat because all he did was send in a breed em, ship em, show em that we used. And if you do that, 
your name will be added to the list, and we will draw for another prize pack, not just a half this time, for episode 100, which will be a big one, by the way. So, with that being said, folks, we're going into the sheep world next week if everything is going as planned with Mr. Trey Miller. Pretty excited about that for next week's podcast. I'll be a married man then. Yeah, you will. Weird. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>